This is Ask Amberly. So excited for you to be here. Yay. I really am so excited to have you as a guest because I feel like you bring a completely new dynamic to my podcast and my listeners. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about you. I want to introduce you as Annie Lala mm-hmm. and just tell people a little bit about what it is that you do. What do you specialize in? This is going to be so good. I just Yay. like, I can already feel it. Yeah. So officially I'm a love coach. I call myself mm-hmm. a cartographer of love. Okay. A cartographer is someone who makes maps. Mm-hmm. So I think of the emotional space and interpersonal dynamics as a landscape mm-hmm. that's kind of foreign territory for a lot of people. And so based on my own experience in my relationship and me working with so many couples, I've been mapping this space of emotions, um, power struggles, shame, guilt, fear, ecstasy, all the things that come up in a relationship. And I create maps that I can then give to my clients. So I see myself as a map maker. Mm-hmm. And I work with singles who are done with dating and who are ready to find their soulmate. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a sweet spot for me. Um, I, but because I'm married and in love now, I really yeah. love helping couples who are in love, mm-hmm. who have recurrent conflict, Okay. But they really want to make it work, but they just don't know how. So I give them the maps to basically alchemize their conflict into intimacy. Oh. Yeah, because conflict is it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you lift heavy weights and mm-hmm. you kind of make little micro tears in your muscles yes. and the muscle grows back stronger. So yes. every conflict is an opportunity to build the muscle of mm-hmm. the relationship. And so when a conflict's happening, I'm like secretly kind of happy for the couple because I know we can, if they have the right tools and the right support in the mindset, mm-hmm. they can actually rebuild their relationship stronger because of the conflict, not okay. weaker. Yes. And if you don't have the tools, you can take on something too intense, like a big heavy weight, and rip the muscle, and then it takes you out of commission. It can actually damage the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I specialize really in the art of conflict resolution. I love that. So as far as a dynamic or a relationship dynamic, from a metaphysical standpoint, yeah. A relationship is always a reflection of what is going on inside of you energetically. Mm-hmm. So your partner in life is that mirror. That exactly. I call it a sacred mirror. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, great. And so it, it brings up everything that a lot of things you don't want to look at. For sure. But amazing things that you didn't see in yourself before mm-hmm. that are wonderful things as well. Absolutely. So from that metaphysical point of view, it, it is interesting that when those things come up for you to look at and working together. And like you said, like the tears and the muscle Mm -hmm. and making it stronger. I feel like when the dynamic is flat and it's kind of flatlining and you're not getting, um, charged or energized. Exactly. Would you say that that would be a relationship that you would tell people to keep pushing forward or do you ever recommend to cut ties with the person? Like how does that? Yeah, I'm always optimizing for the most extraordinary relationship possible between two people. Okay. And sometimes the relationship gets better Mm -hmm. if they're not romantically involved. Sometimes the relationship gets better when they're not married, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. I mean, didn't our relationships all get better when we moved out of our parents' house? (laughs) Right. What do you want? It's what optimizes for the most healthy, extraordinary connection possible Mm -hmm. and so if I'm always optimizing for that and then I look at the container and how the relationship is based on what will have them both be getting along in a co-nourishing co-dignified way okay so I don't I'm not really that concerned about the container I just want this relationship to be healthy I don't Mm -hmm. actually work for either of the couple or either of the people Mm -hmm. I work for the relationship yes and if either person gets in the way of the health of the relationship Mm -hmm. I'm going to lovingly and compassionately call them out on it yes and invite them to bring um, a new set of frames so that the relationship can thrive I actually think the relationship is an entity it's an organism it's alive for sure and the two people are kind of co-parents to this entity and I'm like the hired babysitter of the relationship entity. It's like a little baby. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that um, both the parents are taking good care of it and it's feeling healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I see see it. I don't take sides, except I take the side of the relationship. Yes. You're fighting for the relationship to survive. You're fighting for that entity to thrive. And and you're nourishing it. Yes. And pointing out the things to the couple of how they can best show up for that relationship. Yeah. And oftentimes, in order to show up for the healthy relationship, it forces you as individuals to move through your own blind spots, your own shadow, your own habits that you got from your family of origin. 
that are in, you can't even see them. You don't even realize that you're acting out patterns that have come down in your lineage mm -hmm. and that are getting in the way of the intimacy mm -hmm. between you and your partner and the health of the relationship. And so I try to lovingly be a mirror to each of the people that I'm talking to, to let them see their glory, their intelligence, their creativity, and they're crazy. And I'll call yeah. it that. I'll <laughs> say, hey, we all got crazies. Yeah. I have a coach whose purpose and job is to show me my crazy as lovingly and, and and um, compellingly as possible. Yeah. And then I, that's my job with anyone I'm talking to. I mean, with my clients, the first thing I want them to feel from me mm -hmm. is that I, I care about them, I love them, mm -hmm. I admire them. And once that rapport and trust is built, then I can say, hey, this is a piece of crazy <laughs> and this is holding you back and here's what it's holding you back from. Yeah. And then give them tools to upgrade from the crazy. Okay. Because I think they're willing, they just sometimes don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, Sometimes we were talking about this earlier that sometimes marriage, like the idea of marriage and the thought of a contract or a legal yeah. document mm -hmm. defining what their dynamic is with that person. And I think also, again, from a metaphysical point of view, staying present in a relationship helps all those ancestral line and, and the family lineage stuff to not get kicked up energetically in your field mm -hmm. or activated. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a relationship and you're not staying present and you're attaching to what that marriage license means, like, oh, I can't get out of this marriage now because it's a legal document. So therefore it kicks up all of my control issues mm -hmm. and my self-worth issues, all of those things. Yeah. So what would you say for people who have blockages around marriage. or, or mental? Yeah. yeah. The, the thought of marriage or how, like, I don't want to be tied down or people not being able to commit to a marriage. Yeah. I mean, there's both sides. There's, uh, mm -hmm. I don't believe he loves me till he wants to marry me. Yes. There's the ultimatum. Are you going to like shit out of God off the pot? Right. You know? <laughs> Are you going to marry me? My family's pressuring. Yes. And then there's the other side. Sometimes it's the girl or the guy. Mm -hmm. And there's the other side with like, I'm terrified of marriage. I'm yeah. going to be pinned down. I'm mm -hmm. going to be trapped. Yes. The truth is, um, I don't help people get married. I don't really care mm -hmm. about that much marriage. I want to help you fall in love. Mm -hmm. And not just some mediocre, good enough love. I want you to have the highest quality love possible in your lifetime. The, the stuff that poems and literature is, is filled with. So yes. I'm going for the highest game. Mm -hmm. So if I can help a couple fall in love, that contract between the hearts, like I see you, I support you, I'm committed to this forever, mm -hmm. that's way more likely to keep you together than any government contract. So if you get that one right, like you're in love with each other, that's more compelling and gonna um, support the relationship's longevity mm -hmm. than some um, secondary contract that is forcing you into an agreement. Yes. So you wanna go for that first. And then I think of marriage as decorative, mm -hmm. right? It's this thing that you do to celebrate and, um, involve your community in, and I mean, I'm married. I fell in love with my husband, and just as an interesting side story, when I fell yes. in love with him, he didn't believe in love, oh. he definitely didn't believe in marriage, wow. and he never wanted to have a kid, okay? <laughs> so I was like, WTF, <laughs> right? This was just my worst nightmare. But I was yes. completely in love with him, and I kept thinking, okay, I would like him to love me and commit to me and be married. Mm -hmm. He said he loved me, mm -hmm. but he was not interested in marriage. Okay. And so I just thought, okay, so what do I want? Do I want a husband or do I want to be in love? And I realized I wanted to be in love more than I needed a husband. And I, I made this inquiry in my soul. And by the way, he wasn't interested in kids either. Yes. So do I want to be married and in love? I mean, sorry, do I want to be in love or do I want a husband and a baby daddy? Mm. What do I really want? Now, the truth is I wanted to have true love. I'm a true love coach. So yeah. I wanted that more than anything else. So I had to go deep inside in a meditation session one day and go, mm -hmm. Am I willing to live the rest of my life and possibly never get married and possibly never have kids in order to be with this man? Right. And I had to dig deep and I got to the place where I realized, yeah, I actually love him that much. Mm. I, I want to be with him more than I want to be married. I want to be with him more than I want a baby. And once I got there and it was true, then when I, you know, when marriage came up or babies came up, I would say to him, listen, I love you. I'm going to be with you, mm -hmm. whether we get married, whether we have a child or not, but I would really love to get married. And I would love to have a baby, and I think you'd be an amazing father. And that was my response. Anytime those subjects came up, I never pretended I didn't want it. I would say, that's, my, that's a deep desire. I would so <laughs> love that, and I'm staying with you no matter what, because I actually love you. 
I love you more than I want a baby daddy. Mm -hmm. I love you more than I want a husband. And that love, I think, inspired him to really believe in my vision yes. of how we could become amazing. Mm -hmm. And so he surrendered over time because he saw that I was choosing him over marriage, choosing him over um, having a child. And that's what I think opened his heart to wanting to get married and mm -hmm. eventually wanting to have a child. And we have a seven-year-old daughter now named Love, who he named her Love so that Amazing. So that we, everyone would know that we're in love forever because we're in her with our genes. Aww, it's very romantic. That's so cute. So he doesn't pass one day. I, you know, mm -hmm. every day he somehow tells me, "Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for wanting to like standing wow. for having a daughter." And it's such a joy to him to be a father. And so I think what I'm trying to say to everyone out there is, yes. you have to ask in your heart: Do you want to be in love, or do you want a husband? Do you want to be in love, or do you want a baby daddy? Because the guy can sniff it out. Yes. Can you imagine if a guy said to you? I'm in love with you, you're the most amazing, and then he, you find out there's some problem with your womb or your eggs and you can't have a baby, mm -hmm. and then he's like, oh, I don't love you anymore. Right. Oh, and if you say you don't want to get married, and he's like, well, oh, I loved you, but now I don't love you anymore. Conditional love. Yeah, right? exactly. Based on these conditions. So yes. the, it's really a test. I almost think like the guy's like, if I don't marry her and I, I'm not interested in kids, is she still going to love me? And then when he gets a yes, then he feels really safe and then he'll follow your inspired vision about what the relationship could look like. Because mm. I feel the woman is the visionary leader of the relationship. Okay. It's, it's the female's vision that the man trusts and surrenders to. But mm -hmm. you have to love him more than the vision. Because if you're just using him as a, like, a pawn in your vision, then yes. he's going to feel that. Mm -hmm. He's not a partner. He's just, oh, well, if it's not you, it's going to be someone else. He doesn't yeah. want to feel that. He wants to feel like you love him more than any other thing in your life. And I think for true love to be there, you actually have to love each other more than any other feeling or vision or dream. I feel like your relationship is the context from which you do everything else. Your job, your work, your career, right. your children. Everything comes out of this primary unity. And that's... It's a foundation. It's a foundation. You got mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that, well, first of all, how did you get into all this? How did you discover that you had a knack for figuring out that kernel in what makes a relationship thrive and yeah. survive? And how, how did you even fall into this? You know, like everything, like all our dharmic imperatives, you fall in by accident. Yeah. I am. Um, I was. I spent, you know, 15 years as an IT consultant working in Europe for oh, phone wow. companies, programming, software systems and managing projects. So what, I mean, I've been doing relationship counseling literally mm -hmm. since I was in the schoolyard. I remember my friends <laughs> coming up to me in the four square on the yard. Yeah. They're like, yeah. she's fighting with me and <laughs> and I would have to mediate conflict between my friends yes. and between the guys when they started mm -hmm. the date. And this was just like a side hobby, like yeah. while I was an IT consultant. I never actually thought I could become a professional love coach because that didn't exist. Right. I was just like, okay, well, this is just what I'm good at, but I'll mm -hmm. go be like a scientist or an IT consultant. Yeah. So I did that for a long time and I made really good money, but I almost felt kind of like a prostitute, like I'm doing yes. this work for money, but it wasn't what I really wanted to do. Such a good way to describe it. And the reason my projects in IT would go faster in the companies was because I would basically do relationship coaching with all the software developers and all the business managers, and they just liked me, so they would put my projects through faster. I didn't even realize that my coaching was actually what was helping me be an IT consultant. Yeah. So basically, I saved enough money up, and I finally took a break from IT, moved to New York, had enough money to live for a couple years, and then just, I had a friend who was a coach, and she was like, she was a weight loss coach, she mm -hmm. was like, you're the best coach I know. I'm just gonna send you clients if they need help with love. And I started getting a few clients, started helping them, and I realized it's very intuitive what I do, yes. but as I started to become a coach, I took a lot of training. Mm -hmm. I took hypnosis, NLP, I studied oh, cool. um, evolutionary psychology. I really tried to get in to understanding what, what's going on in between these two animals, because yes. we're 99% chimpanzee. Right. So we've got two animals in a relationship that are fighting, mm -hmm. like two lizards, like two yeah. chimpanzees. And so I started studying sort of evolutionary principles that govern um, power dynamics, and tribe mm -hmm. social mores, mm -hmm. and I apply that to all the coaching that I do. So basically I just, I got so fed up of working for money and not doing what I, my soul was calling for, mm -hmm. that I just finally set up enough money and moved into being a coach, and I've never looked back. Like, I've, wow. it's just what I do now, and I'm, mm -hmm. 
I've always got a full roster of clients and I work with a lot of powerful CEOs mm -hmm. and people who are very successful, but this area is one they still have challenges in. Mm -hmm. So I try to bring my toolkit to them and educate them in basically how to do relationship. Nobody really teaches you right. how to do that. Mm -hmm. And there are definitely rules and there's laws of physics that work in this domain that are different than how you run a company. Yeah, It's very different. You know, sure. one of the main things is whenever you, when you're in a career, they say play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. If you're really good at something, then have that as your career and then subcontract out and delegate everything you're not good at. So, yes. you know, I'm not good at creating websites, so I have someone do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not even good at invoicing, so I have someone do that. <laughs> All I do is coach. All yes. I do is coach. But in romantic relationship, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. You actually want to play not to your strengths, but whatever you struggle with or you're challenged with or your blind spots or weaknesses, you mm -hmm. want to get help and support to cultivate those because your relationship is only as good as your weaknesses. Mm. Those are the areas that you get the most ROI in relationship is yeah. working on your blind spots, your challenges, your myopias, your habits and patterns that come from your family that you don't even realize you're playing out on your partner. Yeah, yeah. and it, it is going to come up all day, every day. <laughs> I actually think you hire your partner. <laughs> oh, you hire your like partner that. for the most important job you're ever going to hire for. Yeah. You hire them to basically be a sacred mirror okay. to reflect back your beauty, your magnificence, your intelligence, and all your batshit crazy parts. <laughs> That's, you hire them to bring up your crazy so that you can work through those triggers and develop yourself psychologically and actualize as a human. Mm -hmm. you, you basically hire your partner to emancipate you from smallness into greatness. Mm. Yeah. And then when they do their job, right. you get mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> when they actually call you on call your you shit out. or yep. criticize, yep. Um, really criticism is actually a, a bid for your greatness. Mm -hmm. Like if I, mm -hmm. I try to teach my clients um, two things. If your partner is criticizing you, Try to decode their criticism as, honey, I love you. I believe in you. I know you can do better than this, but come on, let's do it. Let's, let's do the better thing, you know? And right. so I help the person who's getting criticized to decode the criticism as a stand for their greatness. But then I also try to um, help the criticizer learn a better bedside manner. Mm. Because mm -hmm. what they're doing is um, shame, blame, and make wrong. Yes. And it's kind of like a WTF what's wrong, what the fuck's wrong with your speech to their partner, right. when it should be like a Martin Luther King speech. Mm, that's Honey, cool. I have a dream. I see a future where you take your dishes and you put them straight into the dishwasher. <laughs> and I know that future is going to be better for our family <laughs> and you're going to be happier. And if you could change your criticism into a Martin Luther King speech yeah. that inspires them, it's going to work way better. You'll get the change faster. Yes. And you'll feel better about yourself. But oh, it takes yeah. work. And if your parents didn't raise you, with Martin Luther King speeches, mm -hmm. and they were always criticizing you, then you have that imprinted as that's what love is. And, and that's how to motivate someone to change. And Even though it doesn't, doesn't actually work. work. It, doesn't it work. works short term <laughs> while they're afraid of you. Yes. But at the cost of trust being broken yeah. and resent being Res built. Resentment is a huge thing that I've seen with some of my clients yeah. who are struggling in relationships. And I think they struggle with wanting that person to change, mm -hmm. but then they're not using that partner as a reflection of things that are going on inside of them. So mm -hmm. from a metaphysical viewpoint, it's working on yourself, that internal stuff yeah. and using them as like a sacred mirror and, and acknowledging and honoring that that is their job to do that for you. And it's actually serving you and it's a gift. That it's a giving gift. You. That's, that's the key. When I started realizing, my, so I'm married to Mr. Criticizer. <laughs> I'm, I'm married to a criticizer, uh -huh. okay? And so I've learned over time to decode his criticism mm. and he's gotten better. Yeah. But I've learned over time that when he criticizes me and basically I married the smartest, most intelligent, most conscious man I've ever met. Aww. Like I'm married to the most extraordinary human. So Amazing. when he criticizes me, and over time, he's been doing it with more bedside manner. But when he gives me a criticism, I go, first I get defensive internally. Of course. And I'm like, naturally, what the fuck? Why are yeah. you attacking me? <laughs> so that happens inside my mind. And then I breathe and I regulate and I okay. come to a grounded, centered place. All this is happening internally. Yes, of course. And then I yeah. try to listen for the golden nugget of what is he committed to behind the complaint? What is this good commitment 
the positive intention behind his complaint. Is he standing for me becoming a more conscious mother? Does mm-hmm. he want me to be more on time for things? Does he want me to keep my word? Like, if you look behind your partner's complaint, you'll usually see that there's a commitment there to some part of you becoming greater. Yes. For you becoming more conscious. And so when I, I what I do is I hear the criticism and then I breathe through my defensiveness and then I listen for the golden nugget of commitment. Mm. How is he trying to make me a better person? And I have to, sometimes I need to s- search a bit. Once I find the thing that he's really standing for, I ask myself this. If I became the kind of woman who did the thing he's asking, yeah. would it make me a human I admire more? Oh, wow. Okay. So he's, he's often bitching about things like, I'm not keeping my word. Mm-hmm. I'm not on time. I'm enabling my daughter. Mm-hmm. So the things he bitches about, I ask, if I did the thing that he's asking me to do, would it make me a more extraordinary woman? Would it make me someone I admire more? And if the answer is yes, then he's doing his job. I hired him to polish the block of marble and carve David. I think our partner is Michelangelo and we're a block of marble. Mm -hmm. And we hire our partner like like Michelangelo to carve David out of the marble. Michelangelo was heard saying, I saw the block of marble and then I saw David inside the marble, and I just scraped away everything that wasn't David. Oh, cool. So our partners actually, with their criticism and their complaints, they're actually trying to carve a magnum opus art piece yeah. out of the marble. And the truth is, we're actually not the block of marble. We are the David inside the marble. And what they're scraping away, our partner, is scraping away all the defense mechanisms all the approval-seeking strategies, all the pathologies and neuroses that we built up in our childhood to cope with our crazy parents. Mm -hmm. But the true essential um, consciousness that we are is a masterful piece of art. That's what our partner fell in love with. And they're trying to scrape away all our crazy that's getting in the way of our essence. Mm -hmm. So they're not trying to change us. They're actually trying to take off everything that isn't us, Mm. all the unconscious patterns to reveal the, the masterpiece underneath. So when I hear my husband complaining, I'm like, how is he using his scalpel to carve me into greatness? And when I see it, I focus on that. I take the reflection. And then later on, when we're in a better place, I'll mm-hmm. say, honey, thank you for the feedback earlier. I get that you want me to be more on time for my meetings and that's a better thing to be. Here's how it would work even better for me if you give me the complaint in this tone, in this way. And so I give him feedback on how to give me reflection mm-hmm. that's more inspiring and less shamey. Right. But I do that later. So I separate the teaching moment where I teach him how to do a better job from the offering, which is he's trying to give me a gift and he's doing it with the best, best tools he has. Yes. Over time, I'm training him to have better tools, but in the moment, if they don't have any better tools, you might as well look for the gift. Mm-hmm. Because no one else is gonna show you you're crazy. No. <laughs> no one on the street is gonna come up and say, Girl, your life is going to work much better if you do this thing more. Yeah. Only your romantic partner mm-hmm. um, is dedicated and devoted enough and has the audacity to actually call you out. So mm-hmm. I see it as a gift. Yeah. That's a beautiful perspective. Well, even you're in relation to everything. Mm-hmm. So you're in relation to nature. You're in relation to the grocery store clerk. Like totally. all of those things yeah. are reflections of things going on inside of you. But yep. you're right. Your partner is going to be that sacred person to push you into greatness ultimately yeah. i mean i actually think that's part of what you were when you were dating and trying mm-hmm. to figure out if they're the one it's not just all the cool stuff about them it's all their crazy that mm-hmm. you invited into your life and yeah. you knew at some higher level <laughs> you knew that that particular brand of crazy that's in your partner mm-hmm. is going to trigger the shit out of yeah. you <laughs> and it's going to force you to grow up and wake up out of that trigger pattern. Mm-hmm. So you think you're falling in love with all the glorious, beautiful things, but yeah. you're actually falling in love with the particular shape of crazy and owie that that person brings to your life mm. that's gonna force you to become more conscious and grow up and actualize. Right. So we forget that we hired our partner yep. to do this and then we get mad when they actually do their job. Mm-hmm. Well, I like your approach because you have to have a very strong sense of self to approach relationships in that way because so often if we're not connected to ourselves Mm -hmm. we can very easily attach and identify with the things that our partner is saying to us so if our our partner take it seriously take it personally yeah you take it personally you identify and that becomes a belief in your in your being and so then relationships get hard they get sticky Mm -hmm. and then you 
fall out of love or you go on to somebody else because it's difficult, it's shameful, all those things. So what would you say for people who are struggling a lot with internal things coming up for them? Like if their partner is criticizing, what- Taking it so personally. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to take things very personally, but I married the right guy Mm -hmm. to- if I took everything personally, I would be depressed and miserable all the yes. time. So I've just learned. And so basically, in rela- all successful relationships have two polarities. Mm-hmm. I don't think of it as masculine and feminine, though it's loosely connected to gender. But it's, yeah. for a successful relationship to exist, you need to have one person who's very good at um, eyehood. Okay. Stating their own needs, knowing their boundaries, mm-hmm. having a strong individual separate sense of self. Mm-hmm. And there's one person that's really good at wehood or othering, tuning into another person's needs and wants, Mm -hmm. and um, tracking empathically what's going on with another person. So for for true love to exist, you need to have these two polarities. Sometimes you think of it as like integration, togetherness, communion, Mm -hmm. separation, individuality, autonomy. Okay. So kind of like the shore and the the seashore, you have, it ebbs and flows. Yes. The, the relationship is an entity, it's an organism, and it breathes. Mm-hmm. It breathes in, together, communion, connection. It breathes out, separation, individuation, autonomy. Okay. It breathes in, it breathes out. And just like us, we need an in-breath and an out-breath. Mm-hmm. And neither one's more important than the other. You'll suffocate. Yeah. So most people don't realize that healthy love has equal amounts of connected togetherness and equal amounts of separate autonomy, individuation. Mm-hmm. And in every relationship, there's one person who's better at separation and one ber- person who's better at connection. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. both fight for healthy love is whatever they're good at. Yeah. But they don't realize they fell in love with someone who's good at the opposite one mm-hmm. so that they can get cross-trained. Yes. So I fell in love with someone who's very good at I-hood. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at we-hood. Mm-hmm. And I'm being cross-training him how to be empathic, how to tune into someone else's needs. And he's been training me how to have a centered self how to know my boundaries, how to represent my needs, which was not easy for me. But over time, you cross-train. So every successful relationship has some person who's good at I-hood and one person who's good at we-hood. And the trick is to become each other's student Mm -hmm. and each other's teacher and to actually take on that both of you, you're like two eyes on one face. Mm -hmm. You need both eyes working to get binocular 3D vision. Yes. Or like two wings on one bird. Mm-hmm. A bird can't fly straight if one wing's going, no, I'm more important. My way's better. <laughs> right? You need yeah. both wings going, I need you. I need yep. you. And we work together. Yeah. So the I person and the we person has to recognize that they're just one eye on the face. Mm-hmm. And unless they work together to cross train, they're going to have a relationship that's lopsided. And you can't be fighting all the time for, no, love is we spend more time together. No, love is we spend more time apart. Love is both equally. Mm-hmm. And so... Try learning to do the one you're not good at. Yeah. That's your path to development. Okay. My path to development was when in doubt, tune into what do I want, what do I need. That's how I succeed. My husband's development path was when in doubt, when in a fight, tune into the other person. So that's how we end up using each other as a gymnasium to build our muscles to become more actualized and integrated. Because I was very good at tuning into other people, but I had no Mm. clue about what I needed. Right. And... If you see relationship as a crucible for self-actualization and Mm -hmm. growth, which Mm -hmm. is how I see it, a relationship is not a spa where you go and everyone's yes, 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 and you just feel happy all the time. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if people want that, but I'm very committed to growth. And so I really support people in using their relationship as a gymnasium or a Mm -hmm. dojo Mm -hmm. where you hone your skills. Yeah. And what happens in a gymnasium? It's not easy. <laughs> no, it's a workout. <laughs> it's a workout. And so you have to fetishize the workout instead of going, mm-hmm. oh, we're fighting. Everything's wrong. We're not meant to be together. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're fighting. I'm getting a workout. What can I learn here? We're getting stronger. And mm-hmm. even if this person is not your soulmate, mm-hmm. okay, even if you're dating, the person you're with is either the one or practice for the one. So mm-hmm. you want to bring your A game regardless. Either way, yeah. You just, even if this person is just because you're living in the city for two years and you want a little part-time girl. Who cares? Bring your A-game. I kind of think of it as whoever you're dating, imagine that person works for your future soulmate mm. and they were sent as an ambassador to collect evidence. Cool. And that evidence is going to go to your future soulmate. Like mm-hmm. she or he has sent ambassadors to check you out. <laughs> Make sure the report that they're sending home to the mothership yeah. is speaking well of you. So treat everybody as if they're your soulmate because they're somebody's 
daughter, somebody's son, somebody's soulmate. Right, for sure. So you want to be practicing treating them with the highest level of dignity and um, using what they reflect back to you as an opportunity to grow. Right. So that when you find your soulmate, you have honed yourself into the highest quality, highest caliber version of yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't get Mr. or Mrs. Right if you're not Mr. or Mrs. Right yourself. Right. Exactly. So for singles, yeah. you work with singles. Yeah, I work right? with singles who are ready to find their soulmate. Okay. Like if you just want to learn to date and pick up chicks, yeah. I'm not your <laughs> coach. But if you're ready to find your true love and you're yeah. done with the dating game, mm -hmm. I will teach you how to create that field. So if somebody is single and they're looking for Mr. Right, and yeah. they keep having failing quote unquote relationships yeah. and they're frustrated and they're like, why can't I find the one? Is that a person you would work with? How how does that even yeah. start for you? Like, where would you even? Yeah, they go might with call. That? They might tune in and they'd be like, "Look, I'm ready to find my partner." Okay. And so what I do is I look back over their patterns mm -hmm. of their last relationships, of their dating patterns, and I'm looking for habits that are getting in the way of them finding their soulmate. So mm -hmm. it's what I've noticed, especially with successful, you know, reasonably good-looking, intelligent people. Yeah. If it's been more than three months that they really wanted to find a partner and it's not happening, mm -hmm. it's usually because some part of their psyche, usually an unconscious part, is um, protecting them in some way. Yeah. They, it's almost like, one of the questions I ask my clients early on is, what is something you really value in your life right now? You really value it and you think you might have to give that up if you found your soulmate. Mm -hmm. Like if tomorrow I found my soulmate, if, if, I said, if I gave you a pill and to, it guaranteed that tomorrow you're going to find your soulmate. Yeah. Tune into your body before you take the pill. Is there any part of you a little bit nervous? Oh, I'm totally anxious thinking about that. A little bit that. hesitant. Personally. Okay. I'll be vulnerable yeah. and I'll be the guinea pig for this. Yeah. But personally, I, oh my gosh, I have so much anxiety because you're right. It is, I'm protecting myself because so I. So what is it? What, what, freedom. What do you, okay, freedom. freedom. Yes. So you have a story called freedom will get compromised if I fall in love. Yes. And I believe you got that idea from some actual experience, mm -hmm. either in your past or watching your parents or somewhere you learned that partnership and romance means compromise freedom for the woman. And it takes away from what I want. Oh, it takes away from your, your career, yeah. your ambition. Okay, mm -hmm. so I actually think that you have really good reasons to believe that. Mm -hmm. I don't think you made it up out of nowhere yeah. based on some past experience. But what if I told you that, have you ever entertained the possibility that you could have more freedom, be pushed more in the direction of your career success, mm -hmm. and be more independent if you found the right partner. Have you ever entertained that? I have slightly, but then I get distracted and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I have to focus on my career and what I want and go after that because that is my love right now. And, and for me, I love being single. I love yeah. it so much. I love being by myself. I, and that truly is a, a a hardcore sense within myself that I truly love being with myself. Well, you should just hang out, be single, enjoy that. When yeah. you're ready, like at some point, right, exactly. when you're ready to find your partner, yes. the belief that's going to help you mm -hmm. um, take down the force field that you probably have up that you don't realize called I love you, but get the fuck away from me and don't mess with my life. I 100% have that force field up. I know it, I see it, and it's strong. <laughs> right, but what, so the belief I would want to sort of brainwash you into okay. is this belief. Mm -hmm. If I found the right person, I actually would have more freedom mm -hmm. and be inspired and encouraged more in the direction of my independence, my ambition, and my career success. Mm -hmm. If I would just have you marinate in that and, and start to erode the opposite belief because right. you have the opposite belief. So right. I'll just tell you for myself. Yeah. When I met my husband, I was a coach. I wanted to do my own programs. Mm -hmm. I was independent living in New York by myself. Yeah. And my career went literally from like, what I don't know, two out of 10 success uh -huh. to where it is now. Yes, which I, is I'm amazingly a, successful. Yeah, and I'm a high paid coach and I work with a lot of professional successful people and I'm not, not famous, but I have enough, yeah. you know, people right. know me. Mm -hmm. I had never thought a man would make my career go faster, quicker. I'd be more free mm. because actually he loves alone time so much. I've never had to compromise any of my my own projects wow. because he's so independent. He's like doing his own thing. And so I have all this time to do my thing mm. and not just being um, supportive. He's been a trampoline 
for my career success and freedom. He yeah. does freedom better than me. I thought I knew what freedom yeah. <laughs> was. So I found a partner who helped me push towards more freedom, more mm -hmm. financial success, mm -hmm. more independence, and better career outcomes. Right. So I'm, I'm giving you as an example because- No, I love that. I want you to yeah. entertain the possibility that there exists a guy, I'm mm -hmm. assuming you're into a yeah, guy, but yes, a guy yes. <laughs> out there who, who would actually be a trampoline for your dreams. Mm -hmm. I think of true love as a trampoline and a sanctuary. Yes. So you want a partner who's a trampoline for you towards your dreams, mm -hmm. never settle for anything less than a trampoline, and a sanctuary for you to take refuge in mm. when you need support, when you're scared. Yeah, I'm glad you you mentioned support because that is something that I feel like me also being a female, and this I think is a family line thing mm -hmm. for me that get, gets kicked up yeah. in my field of energy. Like I feel like I am going to have to be the supporting factor in a relationship. Like it can't be mutual for some reason. Oh, maybe there's, you never had it demonstrated mm -hmm. in your, what, what happened with your mom and dad? Was your mom? So they're still married. That Yeah. It, my mom was, you know, very successful vice president of a company. And then my dad came into our world and it's, my dad was building his career and his uh, profession. And, and so she stepped away from her career to help him. And he was, and is massively successful and she doesn't regret one day of that but for me it i am internalizing everything you know for myself my yeah. own unique personality but my mom's never complained about that or anything but it's there's something that i feel like a female denies herself in order to support the man the and man, you're like i'm done with marriage. that shit. <laughs> right i'm like i well even for me, I'm just like, I'm, I kind of am curious about exploring a different frequency. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about exploring a different type of dynamic. Yeah. And that's okay for me. Totally. And part of the reason you know that is because you saw what happened. You saw the beauty and mm -hmm. the cost mm -hmm. of your mom's decision, yes. which was her decision. And she's not complaining about it. Right. But you, because you're unique, you get to see, oh, you know what? I actually want to be successful. Yes. And I don't know what it's going to look like. What kind of man? Mm -hmm. I'm not stepping down. Right. So it's going to call a different kind of man. Yeah. That sure. doesn't need that. Doesn't yeah. require that. What if mm -hmm. a man comes in right now who's already successful mm -hmm. and just catapults you to your next level? Right. What would that feel like? Amazing. Yeah. Actually, it would feel like freedom. There you go. Yes. So, but you can't find that guy unless you mm -hmm. at least have him as a possibility in right. your imagination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Steve Jobs decided to create an iPhone that never existed before, the technology wasn't there to build the iPhone. But he had a vision and he had the possibility of this future phone that everyone would have in their hand. Yeah. And there was no evidence to indicate that that should happen. Mm -hmm. It was just a vision. Everything starts with a vision. So if I was coaching you, I'd want mm -hmm. to incept this little possibility. <laughs> Plant the seed. That there's a guy out yeah. there whose influence on your life would give you more access to freedom, mm. push you higher in your career, and cultivate more of your independence. Mm. That actually you would only feel him as a trampoline in all the areas you want to succeed. Wow, that feels so freeing inside. Like, actually, my physical heart, I can feel that when you say it. Yeah. So the way that you, uh, quote unquote, program that or plant that seed. Yeah. You, you have a physical effect when you do it on somebody, just because obviously I yeah, can feel well, energy. Yeah, I hope so, but yeah. I, I'm literally incepting it. But you are. I am, but I really believe it though. Yeah. I really believe <laughs> right. it. I just want you to believe yeah. it because you won't find the guy who does that mm -hmm. until you believe it's possible. Yeah. So we, I just want yes. you to have 1%. You don't have to have 100%. Yeah. Just 99% cynic, 1% mm -hmm. possibility. It's all I need. I love it. That is amazing. I Well, I love that you also said that you, the female is the visionary because, again, going back to my mom, I know that my father would not have been as successful if it wasn't for her vision for them working towards a relationship mutually to build a life together. They're partners. Mm -hmm. And so, but the woman doesn't technically get all the accolades or the... You know, up until now, they didn't. Yes. Up until now. Mm -hmm. Game's changing. Yes. And I love that you're part of the new wave. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. am I. And a lot of, you know, I'm a relationship coach. My husband's a teacher online. He's an entrepreneur teacher. We've started in this last year teaching together equally, like mm -hmm. together as a couple. There's not many people out there teaching with their partner or right. working as their partner. This is part of my dharmic mission is to wow. have more couples in love standing on the stage together and displaying and demonstrating equal collaborative partnership, not 
husband speak, wife is an accoutrement. Yeah, not that. There's enough of that. Yeah, the wife behind <laughs> the scenes. Yeah, but more husband and wife, and I don't even want the wife stronger.、Mm-hmm. I want、exactly. equal. Exactly. I、That's- want it like two wings on one bird. We don't、yep. have enough reference experiences.、Mm-hmm. So I love that you're part of this new game. Yeah, I'm sure your mom and dad would be clapping for that. Oh, and yeah, the guy you're gonna attract,、mm-hmm. he's gonna be on that page because you won't tolerate anything less than that. Yes, but you have to believe he's out there somewhere. Yeah, I will. I I want that equal partnership. Yeah, I know it's going to ebb and flow. One、mm-hmm. might be stronger one day. One, yeah, you know, and that's what I want—the equal partnership. I I definitely don't want to be the stronger dominant one because、yeah. then everything's on my shoulders,、yeah. and I have enough of that already <laughs> with my own life and career and helping everybody. Yeah. So it is having that belief that somebody. Can be there and support me when I am having a rough day, and,、yeah. and I don't have to fix him or you know focus on him or or anything like that at my expense. Yeah, and you deserve just as a woman in the world,、right. you deserve a safe refuge to、mm-hmm. curl up, a lap to cry on,、yeah. someone to like put their hands through your hair when、yeah. it's a tough day.、Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves that. You're a coach. You you want your clients to all have that. Yes. And I think every, in in romantic relationship, if you have someone who's a trampoline for your dreams and、mm-hmm. a sanctuary for your heart,、mm-hmm. if you have those two, you have what it takes to last forever. Yay! Yeah, so good. So for people who are thinking about getting divorced, do you work、mm-hmm. with those couples as well? Like, what if、yeah. one wants to get divorced and the other one doesn't? Like, one is completely checked out、yeah. and is just, has already made the mental decision. Do you? Recommend sometimes, like maybe divorce would be the best. Like, how does that look for you? Well, whether it's breakup or divorce, I the way I think of it is, I'm always telling the clients I'm working with a couple. Look, I'm going to support you guys in having the best relationship possible.、Mm-hmm. It may not be in this container of marriage. Right, it may you have、yeah. to have two willing participants. Yeah, you can't、right. create a relationship with one side. It's、yeah. like a hammock.、Mm-hmm. It's like、okay. putting up one side of a hammock. It、yeah. just won't swing. Yeah, right. So. Sometimes I work with a couple. By the time someone comes to me, because of my website and the way I sort of display my ideas,、mm-hmm. if you've called me, then you're probably fighting to make the relationship work. Yeah. So I'm going to fight for the relationship to work、mm-hmm. until I hear one or both partners say, "Eddie, I'm really not in. It's never going to happen." Okay. And then if I hear that、mm-hmm. from either one, then I'm going to fight with all of my knowledge to make this. Um, conscious uncoupling, or this disconnect, or this like shifting out of romance. I want to do it like an art piece.、Mm. I want it to be something. I want the breakup to be something that is a testament to the most beautiful aspects of the relationship. It's a piece of art or a piece of poetry.、Mm-hmm. Most breakups are like I'm fucking mad at you. It's over. Yeah. And it's ugly and awful, and it's not what represents the best of the relationship.、Mm-hmm. So I really teach breakup as an art. You only break up from a moment of deep connection. I, I think of the relationship as a as a landscape, and if you think of the highest mountain where you guys are the most in love and the most connected, if in that moment, in that most in love, most connected place, you still in the depth of your heart know this is not your soulmate, this is not your partner,、mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you how to represent that from the loving space, not from the angry space. I don't believe couples should break up in a fight ever.、Mm-hmm. I don't even trust fights.、Mm-hmm. I tell my couples. Um, if you break up in a fight, there's a 30-day、um, zone、uh-huh. where you have to want to be broken up for 30 days in a row, or、mm-hmm. it doesn't count.、Mm. So you can't break up in a fight. Okay. If you break up in a fight, it starts the 30-day test zone,、mm-hmm. and if at the end of that 30 days you still want to break up, great.、Mm. But you're not broken up until the end of 30 days if it's still true. Yeah. Because most of the times it's a manipulation.、Mm. It's a bluff used as an attempt to make the other person scared.、Mm-hmm. And I teach couples not to threaten the relationship. That's、mm. like using nuclear weapons to get your kid to clean their room. Right. It's too big. It's the biggest、right. thing is to threaten their. You know, if you, if you want your wife to clean up the kitchen, or you want your husband to clean up the kitchen,、yeah. you don't hang the baby over the balcony and go, yeah,、oh. "I'm going to drop the baby unless、right. you clean the kitchen." <laughs> right. That's what you're doing when you're threatening the relationship. Yeah. It's ridiculous.、Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to. You can just say, "Hey, listen, I love you.、Mm-hmm. I really believe in this relationship, and this thing right here, it doesn't work." I need you to tidy the kitchen. Yeah, I'm not leaving, and this doesn't work. It's got to stop.、Mm-hmm. So if you can say I love you and I'm staying, and stand for what you want, without threatening the relationship, it's way more powerful.、Mm. Well, another dynamic that is is coming up for me right now to to speak on 
is a type of relationship that a female has a lot going for her. She has her career going. She yeah. has she's balancing kids, the family, cooking, cleaning, all the things. And the male counterpart is struggling in his own life a little bit to uh, rise to his. They call it potential, right? <laughs> women okay. say, "I see his potential. Why am I, you know, I've fallen in love with his potential, but yet he's not technically there and living that out." And so. So I stop right there. I'm like, don't fall in love with potential. Yeah. You can never fall in love with a potential. Yeah. I had a client ask me just a few weeks ago, can you fall in love with someone's potential? So I wrote a thing on Facebook and I'm like, no, (laughs) you can't. You have to fall in love with who he is, broken, imperfect, fallible, messy, this one. Mm -hmm. If he never changes, this is what I ask my clients. I go, Mm -hmm. if I'll say, when I have her on the line separate or him, Mm -hmm. I'll go between you and me. If he or she never changed ever your partner. Yeah. Are they still the most amazing person you've ever met mm-hmm. and worth spending your life with? Mm-hmm. And I go, tell me. I won't tell them, but tell me. <laughs> and they'll tell me sometimes. They'll, most of the time, they'll go, yes, I would, but don't tell them that. Don't tell <laughs> and I'm like, okay, good, good. I won't tell them, but I needed to know that because unless I get a yes there to that question, mm-hmm. you're not in love. You're yeah. in love with a piece of clay that you want to mold into something. You're not in love with this actual human. Yes. And he or she, they deserve to have someone who's in love with their imperfect, broken, wounded self, mm-hmm. then when they feel that you love them exactly as they are, then you also, part of love, is loving them as they are and holding a vision of their greatness at the same time. Mm-hmm. But they have to be loved, broken, and imperfect as they are before they're inspired to go to the, the greater version. Right. So when my daughter was first learning to walk, she did two steps and then she fell. Mm-hmm. And both me and my husband cheered, as we all do as parents. Mm-hmm. We were very happy and excited and loving our daughter's first steps exactly as they are. And we were holding a vision of her future elegant strides and smooth walking. We held that vision, but we didn't make her wrong for not being there. Right. So when someone feels loved exactly as they are, Mm -hmm. and you do a Martin Luther King speech about your dream, about who you see them becoming, they will be inspired towards that rather than being shamed for who they are and I'm not going to love you until you become this future thing, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you can't fall in love with someone's potential. You have to love them who they are, mm-hmm. and you have to answer the question that I would secretly ask, would you stay with them even if they never changed? Mm-hmm. And if you wouldn't stay with your partner even if they never changed, then I don't think they're the right person for you. There is someone who you would stay with even if they never changed. First of all, nobody doesn't not change. Yeah. <laughs> but even if they never, even if my husband never changed, he was still the most extraordinary man I'd ever met, hands down. Mm. And he was also very committed to personal growth. So I just knew he was going to change. Yeah. But I wasn't banking on it. Mm-hmm. See, if you bank on it, then you're in love with a future fantasy. You're not in love with this person. Yeah. And they feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what I've heard from a lot of female clients mm-hmm. is that I want him to do this business deal or but I can't take away from my life and my career and the kids mm-hmm. and all of that to help support him and be that supporting yeah. factor and then he's not doing enough there there's a lot of that too yeah. like he's not doing enough he's not showing up enough for this he's yeah not, well, what I would know. say to them though I like would lovingly say to them yeah how have you trained him to not show up how mm-hmm. have you unwittingly mic drop everybody <laughs> How have you unwittingly, unbeknownst to you, been tolerating and um, accepting mm-hmm. what's happening so far? No problem, but guess what? If I teach you some new ways of handling it, that slowly but surely will bankrupt his small time game. Yes. And will force him into his greatness, which by the way is what he hired you for when he fell in love. You're right? Your job is to stand for your man's greatness, not his mediocrity. Yes. And whatever it takes, sometimes it takes uh, a hard talking to, a come to Jesus rant. There's whatever it takes, you have to be willing to risk your partner's disapproval to stand for their greatness. Okay. You have to risk them getting upset and defensive and angry and stop beating up at me, stop attacking me. You have to risk all that Mm -hmm. to stand for their greatness because in the moment they don't like you. But a deeper part of them actually respects you. You give up approval, but you get respect. Mm. And this is what often I'm teaching my clients to do is to breathe through the disapproval or the fear of confronting your partner Mm -hmm. and realize that to have a real relationship, you have to risk it. You have to risk a relationship in order to have it. I'm married 10 years with a kid. 
Mm-hmm. And at least once a month, I have to say something really hard to my husband that I'm pretty sure he's going to get mad about or blow up or freak out. And I run the story that he's going to break up or it's going to be over and we're not going to work out. I run yeah. that story. And then I go, and you know what? I have to risk the relationship in order to trade up at the next level. Mm. And every time I risk it, and I get my coaching call in to my coach, uh-huh. and I build up my grounded energy so I can go in there and say the thing. Yeah, sometimes he gets angry. Yes, yeah, sometimes he pushes back. And it always turns our relationship up to the next level because mm. more um, intimacy is created yes. or something I'm fighting for that I was tolerating stops happening and mm-hmm. I take our relationship up. Mm-hmm. So I try, I really do work with the women to learn, a lot of women, yes. to give them tools to breathe through that fear of disapproval so that they can stand up for what they want, so they can represent their needs. Yeah. And their needs and what they want is actually what sculpts the man into greatness. No woman wants to... No woman has a want that makes their man into a loser. The wants of a woman sculpt him into greatness. That's what he hired you for. Get to work. Wow, that's an interesting perspective. And later on, like a year later, Uh they'll be like, I didn't like it when you first told me I got to fucking start (laughs) contributing. I didn't like it. But you know what? Now I realize you were right. And thank you for standing for that. Mm -hmm. They come back later and basically thank you for yeah. representing. But in the moment, they're just going to be angry because you're basically, I always think of squatters. You know when squatters live in an apartment? Yeah. And then the owner shows up and it's like, you guys got to get yeah. out. The squatters are always angry. Yeah. But they didn't realize they were squatting. It wasn't yeah. even their place. For free, yeah. So your partner is often squatting yeah. in taking advantage of some benefit mm-hmm. that you've tolerated. So when mm-hmm. I give them the tools to stop tolerating it, your partner is, of course, going to give you a grumble dance, mm-hmm. just like every squatter does. Of course. So just know the grumble dance is coming. <laughs> I know my husband's going to have a grumble dance. Yeah. So I watch the grumble dance. Grumble, grumble, criticize, angry. Okay, yeah. it's almost done. Then, great. <laughs> I know how it's going to go. And I just breathe through the grumble dance. And I'm just going to stand for what I fucking want. <laughs> well, good. Good for you. You should. And vulnerability is another thing mm-hmm. that people, especially in our Western culture here, it's very difficult to be vulnerable, but vulnerability breeds connection. Yeah. And that intimacy, you can't be truly, I feel, intimate with somebody unless you are vulnerable because then that breeds that connection. Totally. But vulnerability is one of those terms that are, when you're a little kid, no little kid says, when I grow up, I want to be vulnerable. <laughs> right? Right. Every little kid wants to grow up and be honest. Yes. Trustable. Mm-hmm good mm-hmm. so I instead of vulnerability I like to kind of see vulnerability as a special case of honesty okay yeah so I don't want to ask anyone to be vulnerable I just want you to be transparent and honest about what's actually going on for you mm. that's that's that right. offers intimacy you don't need to be vulnerable because people have all these um attachments of vulnerability is right. weak all those beliefs. or I gotta cry and be vulnerable yeah. no I just want you to be honest mm. be a man be a woman mm-hmm grown-ups well and a lot of people say i'm open i'm so open i'm like but are you honest yeah no you're the honesty there is that the honesty i feel comes with vulnerability there's that open rawness yeah but open is different from honest yeah and honest you know it's a a skill you have to i have to teach my clients what honesty is because they don't really realize that they're withholding their angst Mm. their disappointment their fear their sadness they learned in childhood that that wasn't welcome Mm -hmm. and because when you fall in love you fall in love with someone who becomes your attachment figure Mm -hmm. so you have attachment figures which is your mom and your dad when you're kids yeah and then when you fall in love all your issues with your original attachment figure ports right over to your romantic partner so your brain you think it's your husband but your brain thinks it's your attachment figure okay and so when you are making up rules for yourself of how you're supposed to act. If mom and dad didn't like it when you were angry and sad, mm-hmm. you learned, I'm not allowed to be angry and sad around my attachment figure. Mm. So then when you're around your partner, you have a rule called, I'm not allowed to be angry and sad. Yeah. They, ne- they didn't even necessarily tell you the rule. Mm-hmm. I had a rule called, I'm not allowed to be angry. Oh. Because my mom didn't like my anger. But my husband mm. loves my anger. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> I was like hiding my anger and he's like, why don't you ever get angry? And then one day I got angry and he uh-huh. was like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> That's attractive. I love you. Right. I really respect you. And I was just like, this is so weird. I was supposed to get in trouble and <laughs> condemned to hell. And so over time, I learned that my anger was safe. So yeah. I, I encourage clients to 
um, recognize that their habits around withholding mm-hmm. information about their emotions, about their fears, that that's actually left over from their childhood. Mm. And that yeah. their partner actually does want to know when they're scared, when they're sad, when something hurts. Yes. If someone's standing on your foot in a crowded room, you say, ow, yeah. excuse me, and then they know and they take their foot off. Uh-huh. Your partner doesn't know they're hurting you unless you say, ow, loud enough. Communicate it. Yeah. Mm. And you don't have to say, ow, what the yeah. heck's wrong with you? Because you know the person in the, yeah. the crowded room wasn't doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Your partner's pretty much never trying to hurt you on purpose. Yeah, right. I have a rule that if my partner's hurting me, it's because it's not that they... Even if I've told my husband, do this when I'm upset, this will make me feel better. Mm-hmm. If he's not doing it when I'm upset, it's not because he won't. It's because he can't. In that moment, based on his family of origin and his wounds... He's actually struggling to stay above water. Mm-hmm. I'm drowning, yes. Yeah. But I think he's standing on the boat with a life jacket in his hand, pointing at me, laughing, ha! Yeah. I'm not going to help you. Yeah. That's never it. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you're drowning and your partner is not giving you the life jacket, mm-hmm. it's because they're drowning on the other side of the boat mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't look like drowning to you. Yeah. They are drowning. And that's the only reason they can't get you a life jacket. And guess what? They're drowning and you can't save them. So you need to learn to swim to shore, which is what self-regulation, mm. self-soothing, learning to calm the your breathing. nervous system. Mm-hmm. So I teach my clients how to self-regulate so they don't need their partner to rescue them. Okay. So that they can swim to shore. Yes. And then I try to teach both partners to do that. Because if, if you need your partner to regulate your nervous system and calm you down, which we all think our partner should do mm-hmm. because we think they're our attachment figure, and they're responsible for the way that we feel. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were young, though, our parents were responsible. At two yeah. months old, your parents are the only way you're going to feel better. Right. So it makes sense that we assume our partner should make us feel better. I don't mm-hmm. make people wrong for that. But if you want to be treated like a grown-up, you have to learn the mark of adulthood, which is taking radical responsibility for your own emotional state. Mm. So that's yes. most of what I'm teaching is how to regulate your nervous system so your partner can continue to do their crazy, mm-hmm. but you go get safe yourself. And the faster That's you great. learn to get safety yourself, the less your partner actually does their crazy. Mm. It's, it's yeah. strange. As soon as I didn't need my husband to stop being angry and critical, yeah. as soon as I knew what to do, mm-hmm. he's like all up in my business. Oh, can I help you? Oh, do you need something? And I'm like, where were you when I didn't <laughs> know what to do here? Well, of course, he's your mirror. So he's yes. going to reflect what's going on inside of you. Exactly. And if you don't need that, all of a sudden, he's not going to perform exactly. in that way. Exactly. Yeah. I also think there's another reason. I think when you fall in love, you're actually tuning into whether this person is the quality to breed children with. Mm-hmm. You're oh, actually oh, choosing. Oh, for sure. And a- the animal instinct. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm. my husband didn't want to save me when I was struggling to generate calmness in the mm-hmm. middle of a fight. Because he knew in the future when I have a child, I'm going to need to know how to regulate my nervous system to cope with a crying baby. If he came and rescued me, he'd be breeding a bad mother. So I actually had to learn how to regulate my nervous system because some days he's gonna be away from the house, I'm gonna be hungry, Mm -hmm. losing my shit, and the baby's crying. If I don't know how to hold my shit together, I'm not gonna be a very good mom. Mm. So he actually, his crazy, his insensitivity, forced me to learn to generate safety in my body so I don't need him anymore. And Believe it or not, I now thank him for all those days in the early years where he was so unempathic and emotionally unavailable. Yep. He's now not like that, but I don't even need it anymore because yeah. now I know how to do it on my own. Yeah, you're getting it from yourself. But we both upgrade then. Yes. And the relationship, that breathing, living entity grows and is nourished. Yeah. 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 That's, That's exactly amazing. it. Amazing. And it's practice for the future child. Mm-hmm. Right? I... I tell couples who are in love, I go, I don't work for you. I, I work for your future children. Yeah. I want to be able to look them in the eye and say, right. I did everything I could to help mommy and daddy get their shit together. Right. The physical manifestation of what that relationship is. Yep. Which is a collaboration, yeah. mm-hmm. which is what two wings on one bird do. Right. It's yeah. not It's not coercion yeah. and it's not collapse. Because mm-hmm. usually someone's like coercing the other person to do it their way or manipulating. Of course. And then there's one person who, okay, fine, whatever, but mm-hmm. then they resent. So no coercion, no collapse. Collaboration is when you have neither of those, Mm -hmm. but you're committed to working through the tussle until you find a third emergent outcome Mm -hmm. that 
works for both of you. It's win-win or no game. Yeah. And don't give up the discussion until you get what you need. Mm -hmm. And don't give up the discussion until the other person is represented. Like, it doesn't work unless it works for both people. And that's a whole art form collaboration. Oh, yeah. So I teach a lot of that, too. I just am so excited that you were here. Yay! I, so for people who want to work with you, if they want to find you, do you have courses? What, how do people find you and all of those good things? Yeah. I mean, on my website, everything's a lot of free stuff on my website. Okay. It's AnnieLala.com. Mm-hmm. A-N-N-I-E-L-A-L-L-A.com. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of videos. Every week I put a video out on, on Facebook oh, good. and Instagram, like five to six minutes of me just ranting on about something that's useful oh, that's in, as a tool. And, um, I've got some courses on my website, but yeah, there's a lot of free stuff up there. Just check it out. I send out stuff on my um, newsletter, like new models, new ideas. I do a lot of free courses, actually. Okay. My husband and I teach a love program for couples, um, three-day program for mm-hmm. free. Oh. We teach a program on reinvention for free. Ever since COVID came, mm-hmm. we just want to give as much away to help people's lives right. work. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of pro bono stuff. So just get on my That's list, nice. and we'll let you know when I'm doing a free program, and you can join. Okay. Yeah, that's great because now that everyone, well, most people are at home, you yeah. really have to work on your relationships. Yes, for sure. Oh, my God. When COVID started, the, the phone was ringing off the hook. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, good. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a delight. I loved having you. Yes. So. It was beautiful to talk to you. Thank you. So this is something special for my single people out there. Annie wants to offer all Ask Amberly podcast listeners an exclusive discount. And when I say discount, I really mean it's completely free, which is awesome. Thank you, Annie, for that. And it's her online course, which is called Find Mr. Right and Get Him to Marry You. You can go to AnnieLala.com slash find dash him and use the code LOVEDOC, L-O-V-E-D-O-C. And let us know how you like it. (laughs) 